It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Ed Jordanic. Also joining me from IndyNation.com, Mike Coffee. Coffee, I'll start with you. Uh, I mean, plenty to talk about for sure, but let's just start off by a little bit of digesting the uh, win at Virginia, which I think, you know, you and I have done the last couple episodes. We've been fairly accurate with our predictions. I I think me being a little more conservative, you being a little bit out there and you've been closer Mm -hmm. to the truth than me, but uh, you know, 28, three was not what I was expecting. (laughs) Um, No, um, well, and I, I was one of the many people on our site who upon hearing that Armstrong was not starting, neglected to go back and change my prediction yeah, exactly. and the contest. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, as, as much as people might say, okay, Armstrong didn't play, but I, I refuse to believe that one guy is going to make such a huge difference. I think that, yeah, they probably would have scored maybe a few more points, but I, I'm, I'm impressed with the job that the defense did. I think they played, they showed a consistency for the most part that really was encouraging because, you know, you get so many, so many, so many games this year that, that just, they, they, they just didn't seem to get be together. They didn't seem to be in sync, but now they, they're, they're really getting their feet under them and they're getting some momentum. And even though you're, you're playing two bad teams to close out the season, that momentum can really can, can really sustain itself. So I'm hoping that yeah. what we saw is going to continue on into the hopefully New Year New Year Six Bowl that they end up in. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's another topic we're going to talk about in just a second. But to, to kind of continue on with what you said, um, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of Armstrong plan, the other thing you can't dismiss is that it's it's not as simple as to say, you know what, Armstrong didn't play, therefore X, Y, and Z. Um, had Armstrong played, maybe the defense responds a little bit differently in certain situations. Maybe they're a little bit more aggressive and going for it as the game gets a little tighter. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play. And you can't just dismiss the flow of the game and how things happen and what would have been different had Armstrong been in there. The point is, that the defense did show up and played solid. It's not like we're sitting here saying, oh, my God, thank God Armstrong didn't play because the 10-point win might have been completely erased. You know what I mean? And so, um, but but having said all that, I, I, I'm i curious what you think in terms of one of the things that's been really surprising to me this year, a little bit last year, but definitely for sure this year, the amount of contribution from underclassmen, and I mean kind of specifically freshmen and sophomores, that have had impactful play for Notre Dame, especially the last couple of weeks, but for sure well, it's been, it's, Saturday. 
Yeah, it's been by necessity. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, but they stepped up and played better yep. than you would have imagined. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a reflection of, you know, um, um, just a bigger hit rate on recruiting for one thing, right? So, yep. and um, and I think it's probably, you know, you've seen some of that development. Um, I think, you know, Mickens is probably um, – you know, by all accounts, it's a pretty good coach. So you've seen some development there. You saw Henderson step forward and have a good game. You know, last year, Clarence Lewis, Lewis played a lot. Um, you know, so there's little pockets of, of uh, you know, and, and listen, you know, he gets a lot of grief, but we got to give Jeff Quinn some credit. Um, you know, not only has the offensive line had to be patched together the entire year, um, I don't think Joe Alt arrived on campus knowing how to play tackle uh, as well as he's playing now. He's obviously learned a thing or two and is, is fit in real well. Um, and, uh, you know, Kristovic was a Quinn recruit and has um, moved ahead of a bunch of other guys to start. Um, so their progress is undeniable. Uh, maybe not as quite as uh, quick as we would have liked to have seen it. Um, but you know, we're on our third left tackle and second left guard and whatever. So, um, so, you know, I mean, coaching matters. Um, the staff has done a good job getting these guys ready to play against a bunch of teams who had two weeks, uh, to prepare for us. Um, you know, they had to basically switch gears from, um, uh, you know, a, uh, basically, a you know, triple option team to, a team assuming they prepared for Armstrong to play, um, you know, that throws the ball, you know, um, you know, 6,000% more than Navy does per game. Um, so, right. you know, right. So, um, so overall, you know, good job. They'll win these last two games. And, you know, I want to get into the discussion about what comes after that because yeah. uh, I don't think uh, Mike's coffee seemed pretty quick to put them in a, in a new year six game. <laughs> I was just about to go there. Well, yeah. well I do, a, a couple of things. One is, first off, you know, I think Brian Kelly said it in his press conference, and I don't think there's any disputing this, but this is a totally different and improved football team from where we were against Cincinnati. He didn't specifically say Cincinnati, but he just said, you know, we're a different team than we were in the beginning of the season. And I think that's absolutely the case. Uh, you know, I kind of got into a little bit of a dip debate with a couple guys um, in terms of, hey, what's better for us, going to New Year's Six and winning that, getting the monkey off our back, or going to the college football playoff? And it was interesting because both of them said the same thing, and their comment was this. From a recruiting standpoint, you always want the college football playoffs because that rings more than anything. And, you know, granted, yeah, you might argue that we'd be a huge underdog in that situation. But I don't know that it's that far out of reach, Coffee. I mean, there, there's a lot of – I mean, obviously, this weekend, one of the Big Ten teams is getting eliminated. And then the weekend after that, another one's getting eliminated. So you got two guys in front of us that are definitely eliminated. That puts us at six. And then it's, okay, Oregon, uh, you know, is it – likely that they're going to get by Utah twice. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they do. If they do, they deserve it. 
They have the worst loss of any team in the top 10, I think. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, so there's a, there's definitely a lot that can still happen. You know, when they do this percentage, I mean, do you really think it's 50% chance that Notre Dame's in? I mean, where, where do you sit? You obviously thought we were going to New Year's Six at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> so we're, why is that, do you think? I say New Year's Six out of preference, because if you ask me <laughs> if I would rather uh, go play uh, Georgia, boo, if, boo, if, if, boo, if I'm given, if I'm given boo, the choice. Terrible. If, if I'm given the choice between getting our doors blown off by Georgia and Miami or playing Michigan State or Michigan in Phoenix, I'm going to go for the latter. I think it's going to carry just as much cachet and a win. I, I, I don't know how much... I don't know how many more crappy playoff losses we can stack up before we risk having an 11-1 Notre Dame team get pa- a more deserving one get passed over because of what we've been doing in the past. I mean, all of these. A, yeah, there's a little crazy bit of that. thing to worry about. Yeah, about and 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 if we lose like 42 to 10, I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. I really don't. Oh, I don't know. We, I mean, I, how, about we, how about if we lose to Wake or Michigan or Michigan State? That's much worse. Well, oh no, I I completely agree. That's much worse. But I don't well, think. Well, that's why do you think happen. it's guaranteed that we're going to win a a New Year's Six game? Because I I think I I can see Notre Dame beating anybody except Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Go up against those three, we're going to get crushed. Okay. Anybody else, we can win the game. But, but but I think you're yeah, basing but, that on past. I don't think you're basing that on the eye test of this year. I think you're basing it on the past. Oh, Ohio State. Based not on as the fact that as as much as I'm enjoying us watching us win these games, we're playing crappy teams. Yeah, I, we, I get you. We played one of, ranked team yeah. so far this year, and we lost. Yeah, I get you. Do you well, think we can beat Texas A&M? Do you think I we think could, I think Jimbo Fisher is incredibly overrated. So yes, I think we could. Okay, well then they beat Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways can, this can go. Do, do, do you think let we me could propose this? Really, I think we could. I think we could beat Oregon. Maybe I, Ohio State. Yeah, but that again, if if we're a different team from the beginning of the year, Ohio State definitely is a big a course, different team from the beginning. Of course, they're a different team. Of course, they're a different team. Yeah. But my point is, if you've got a puncher's chance, why the hell wouldn't you take it? Yeah, you want to be in. I that mean, situation. listen to this. Yeah. You know what happens? Think of the things that could happen between now and January 1st. COVID ravages Georgia's team. They get six guys arrested for rape. I mean, there's a thousand <laughs> things. There's, I mean, it's crazy to, to not to want to play in the playoff game if you get a chance to. Well, not only that, but I mean, which guys are going to sit out? Which ones are going to just get convinced by their agents? You got no business playing in this game. You're a lock. The, the thing a- is that, that that's going to happen a lot more in, an, in a non-playoff game. I, I could see, like, for example, if Notre Dame was in the playoffs, I could see Kyle Hamilton coming back to play I because that's too. a meaningful game. Yeah. And, if it's and, New York and Six, it could improve his stock. It could that's another reason we should want him to be there. Who doesn't want to see Kyle Hamilton play yeah. another game in a Notre Dame uniform? I would if, love if to, a, but I— If I, we're in a New York Six, he ain't playing. I, Let me I promise you that. I watched what happened to Jalen Smith a couple of years ago. I don't want that to happen to— No, no. I don't no, and that's that not, it's not going to happen. I mean, if we don't make it to the playoffs, no way does Hamilton play. There's no way. He didn't plan. 
and everybody knows it. I, 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 get into the playoffs, I just don't, I just don't understand, one, I don't I, understand I, the mentality of not wanting to get into the arena with the best. I just don't understand that. I mean, first yeah. of all, you're trying to prepare these underclassmen that we've just been talking about for winning a national right. championship. And you've got a chance to put them on the same field with the kind of talent that they're going to have to beat to win a national championship. Why wouldn't you want to do that? What do you tell recruits in March and April if we get blown out by four scores again? You tell me you've been in the freaking <laughs> college football playoff yeah, three, three times. Three times yeah, and gotten destroyed each time. So can this coaching staff win a title? And then what do you do when like Ryan Day and all them come in and say, hey, Brian Kelly can't win a title. He's got his ass kicked three times. Oh my yeah, gosh! I don't, I Are don't you know. kidding me? I don't know. There's, I don't know if that, it happens. That, like that. that that makes that makes 107 coaches that you could make that statement about, and three that you can't. Well, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's it's. I tell you, it's it's interesting, and I think it's you know, look, there's a lot to happen here in the it's next. It's such a defeatist. It's such a defeatist it's, approach. It's not a question of being defeatist. I, we we've been there three. I'm, I count four postseason games against quality opponents and we haven't just lost we've been embarrassed how do you kick the door in if you can't keep the boots on so it 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 changes by getting recruiting classes like we just got and you get recruiting classes like we just got when you win games yeah but we haven't won that's why we're getting recruiting classes (laughs) you're saying we've been bad how did we get to the point where we got good recruiting now do you think marcus freeman (laughs) chooses us over lsu if we're not knocking on the door like this, I agree. do you think this? Do you think this guy from that just is that in Ohio State's backyard that just moved up to a top twenty-five five-star defensive end is picking us if we're not going to the playoffs three out of four years? Well, well, I Kyle's mean, brother didn't choose us. <laughs> no, he didn't. There is that. <laughs> well, but yeah. anyways, you don't you don't win them all, but I mean you've no, got to I know. Be, you've got to be in the mix. And I think that's my, true. My I, God, I, I mean, and I think you've got to be competitive. If yeah. it, it, being in the mix is fine, but when you finish up a season, when you play one ranked team, then you lose to them. If you go into the playoffs and you get your door is blown off, that's going to hurt you in coming years. There's, there's no way it's going to hurt you. How Absolutely is it hurt Notre Dame? Notre Dame got its doors blown off three years ago, and you cannot make the argument that they're not in way better shape than they were three years ago. Well, I agree with that. In recruiting sure. and, and everything else. So how yeah. is that? So you're you're exact. You you can't be more wrong with that statement. We're better off than we were three years ago, and we got housed. I, I think that's true. We're definitely in a better spot. I, look, I, there's a couple things why I think we could compete. One is with a good offensive line. Kyron Williams is almost the epitome of the type of tailback you'd want against Georgia's defense, and the reason is he can make a cut without losing any kind of speed whatsoever. And that's something that definitely plays to his favor against the linebacking core that Georgia has. He, he's that good where he can even make those guys miss. I don't now, think we he, should even assume that we would play Georgia. I mean, freaking Kirby smart against Nick Saban is kind of like, you know, I mean, that's, I, I agree that's, with you. I mean, I'm not so, a big fan of Kirby smart at all. I don't think it wouldn't surprise me at all. If he chokes against Alabama, he's done it repeatedly. So it's, well, look, I, I, th- I, I think we, I, we have to hope for Georgia to beat Alabama. Yeah, Cause that's I the only if way Georgia, we're getting in. If Georgia loses, I don't see how we get in. Now we're I, screwed. What, why, why do we have to, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Well, you, then you need two losses. Georgia right? and that's, Alabama, Georgia and Alabama are interchangeable. No, because if if Georgia, if Georgia and Alabama end up with one loss each, they're both getting in. 
and exactly. then there's only well they're both getting only, in if they're they're both they're both they're both going to get in if if and then it's and then the third no, team George, is still Georgia win, no Georgia wins Alabama has two losses they're out yeah they're not in no way not with two losses I, right but the but also if if Alabama wins those two are in Ohio State's in and there's room for one and more Cincinnati's in yeah how do they put Cincinnati out and put us above them well the way things are going we'll go in ahead of Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it depends. No money I mean, has been lost like, overestimating the illogic in which uh, that's the true. playoff that's true. committee. Yeah. No, well, look, hey, if we if we blow out Georgia Tech and blow out Stanford, then you you're going to have an argument if Cincinnati wins by four over SMU. I mean, that there's going to be some people that might get swayed that are like, hey, since he was a different, you know, Notre Dame was a different football team when they played them. They've proven they're no longer that team. I mean, look, these committees—they're <laughs> like a jury right now in the United States. Anything can happen. I no, mean, there's, there's any, some that. I mean, I agree with Mike. I agree with Mike Coffee that it's highly unlikely that Notre Dame gets in. I, if, I too, I do. I think, Alabama, I, 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 I think it is but, likely that that we would get in. I'm, I'm just expressing my preference. I, I think if, if Georgia beats Alabama, and Oregon loses one out of the two games against Utah they're going to have to play. We went out. I think we're definitely in. Another thing that, that I think that's really important here is like this Notre Dame team, nobody is under any illusions about, first of all, they've exceeded expectations already if they go 11 and one. For sure. They will go in as decided. They will go into, they will go in as decided underdogs if they play Georgia as a four seed. And if they lose you know, 38 to nothing or 38 to five. To me, everybody will be like, eh, Georgia's the best team in the country. They've been the best team in the country all year. They're going to waltz the national championship and they probably will win the national championship. And I don't think and Notre Dame will be a footnote to that undefeated Georgia season. But if Notre Dame goes and plays Michigan or Michigan State or Wake Forest in the Peach Bowl or in the Fiesta Bowl and loses 31 to 20 or, you know, 24 to 16 or something like that, that's a to me. That's a much worse outcome. Yeah, and, and if they win, what does it really gain them? Okay, you, you guys beat you know who you should you got, beat. You, you got the monkey off your back against a team that you think you're yeah a, a tier above anyways. Yeah, exactly. I I tend to agree. I mean, I think you get a shot at the college football playoffs. I think you got to take it because you just never know what can happen. Uh, granted, we might get beat. We might get beat by. 14 by 20 that's a possibility but you also may hang tight you may play really well and even if you lose you're now on the cusp and the gain from that is just huge i mean i don't see how the recruiting classes don't get excited about that you know we're going to make the difference we're coming in we're now a much better class than normal and that's going to be what's going to get us over the top so i you know I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a lot still yet to be had, but I, I do think that the way that we're playing and the improvements meet, I don't see us losing at all in these last two games. I don't. That's not. It's not even possible in my mind. I think we're 11 and one for sure. The question is, what else happens? You know, what's what's the rest of college football doing? As wacky as it's been this year, if you just go with the numbers, <laughs> chances are not everybody's going to win out that's in front of it Oregon. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't the three of us agree that just the deliciousness alone of everybody being so pissed off that we got into the playoff with this Again. team 
would be good enough. I mean, that's always that be- fun. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Fun. I love that. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, so that alone should be what we're, I I very seldom go to other teams like message boards and stuff like that. But in a situation like that, I would, I would set aside an hour or two just to go in and soak the schadenfreude in. Yeah. I haven't Uh, watched, I haven't watched ESPN in years. I'd probably turn it on for a whole day if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Does, uh, so just out of curiosity, coffee, I'm kind of curious. Um, do you think Buckner got enough playing time against Virginia? And then do you expect, that that's going to continue over these next two games. No, I do not think he did, but I hope it, I hope that changes over the next two games. I I would have liked to see him more. I I love that drive from our own seven into the red zone. Now, granted, you didn't like to see the fumble at the end of it, but I think it showed that he's capable of operating the offense. And I really would like to see him get quality snaps over the next two games. I mean, I, I think all three of us would agree. I mean, Mike, as you said, there's, I can't fathom Notre Dame losing either of those two games. I think there will be opportunities to be had for Buckner. I really would like to see him operating as much of the offense as possible with the first string guys, really get some experience. on. I, I think the offense looks better with him in there. I think the defense having to account for his mobility and his escapability, it, it, it just opens new dimensions and so many – possibilities and the the offense just looks so much smoother with Buckner in there. I so what yeah he'll he'll there might be an interception or a fumble in there or something. Let him make the mistakes now better then than at the horseshoe next year. Yeah. And what do you think there's any chance whatsoever that Notre Dame picks a transfer quarterback again? What what if the best transfer that's out there wants to come to Notre Dame? Do you even think that's a remote possibility? Or is it a foregone conclusion that it's Buckner? I, I really don't. I mean, you know, especially if Pine stays and there's no indication that he is portal bound yet. I mean, maybe that could happen. I don't know. Have either of you heard about this, you know, Louisiana quarterback that they brought to town that decommitted from LSU? That story seems to have faded. I don't know if he's not considering us anymore or maybe he is. Um but I knew I know he visited. I didn't. I haven't heard right. anything. I, I knew it was just like a kicking the tires kind of thing. I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, listen, it, it's a it's a vulnerable position. Sometimes you can never have too much talent at the quarterback position if you could convince them to to stay on campus, even though they're third or fourth or fifth on the depth chart. But um, I, I, I'd be pretty surprised if they went in that direction. Uh, it's it seems like, you know, Buckner. You know, they listen. He's going to be a you know, he's going to be a sophomore next year athletically, right? With a handful of, you know, games under his belt. Um, They're going to, you know, with the nucleus that they're sort of creating, you know, I I think you just let him make the mistakes he's going to make, you know, even next year. Um, And, you know, he's your guy. I just don't see, as Mike Coffey said, he's the offense looks different with him. Um, It's definitely more dynamic. Uh, Well, you you Uh, definitely notice that when he's in there, you can tell, you can just watch the backside defensive end on anybody's team, and he stays put when Buckner's in the game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He just he does not crash down, whereas when Cone's in there, he's free to reign. He he does whatever he wants. He also so, he also just has a little extra on the on his throws. I mean, he just it, the he ball does. He's got a bit of, of quicker. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Now I I thought Cone threw the ball a lot better against Virginia. I I 
you know, he, he, if, if, if you looked at USC and a few other games, he kind of threw behind, even on his touchdown in the USC game, you know, the ball was kind of behind uh, Davis, but, but he still came up with it with, for the touchdown. He, he could have made it a hell of a lot easier if he just let him a little bit. Um, you know, on the, on the, you know, I thought it was great that Austin had a great game. Um, but even on that interception, I kind of blame Austin a little bit on that. You know, you, you, you're running the route. You got to dictate that route. You don't let the DB force you out of your route. That's not what you do. And, True. and so cone through that kind of perfectly where it should have been. And I thought Austin got himself a little out of position on that, but Hey, I mean, that's, that's splitting hairs. I mean, he, the kid had a great game and, and if he can continue, you know, all the more for it. But yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I would like, you know, I, I agree with coffee. I'd like to see him get a few more snaps, a few more throws, get get his confidence going a little bit and, and, you know, stepping back and kind of reading the defense a little bit and making a decision on just not, I'm going to this guy no matter what. And if it's not there, I'm running. Um, I, I'd like to see him make some good decisions and, and actually guide the team maybe in the second quarter where it's still kind of really meaningful. Um, but Hey, uh, what you can't argue with is that this team is really playing well right now. They're, they're gelling and they're improving and it's everything you want to see in November. And, you know, uh, give Kelly and his coaching staff credit because they've, this is becoming a staple now, you know, it's 2017, four years in a row we've executed in November and, I don't see that dropping in these next two games. So it's now going to, it's going to be kind of fun just to watch how things shake out with the CFP and where all this goes. But yeah, my, um, my, and some of the my talent. My copy's a good sport. I enjoy that. I enjoyed tonight's topic immensely. And I think, that, <laughs> I think the, the funny thing about it Ed, is Ed and I haven't had a good argument in a long time. We've exactly. been with each other way too much. We've been, the last way, too, we've been way too cordial lately. Um, but no, but, but the funny thing is the funny thing about it is it's like one of those things where, you know, it's completely, not that it's ever in our hands, but it's not, it's kind of a funny argument because they're just going to have to go where they, you know, like, it's It's not like we have a choice. Exactly. Right. 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 It's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an interesting, uh, couple of weeks and um i am hoping I don't, you know it's kind of funny end up to, it, and any opportunity i have to go to florida is uh is Miami. one i always take so sure. you guys were talking about kyron williams like if the heisman trophy really represented the best football player in america um he, you know he, he would have to be a top five guy he's I, not five I, I, if he had had a better if, if the line had been better earlier in the year i think it, what killed that is he just got off to a slow start and it wasn't his fault i mean no, you're right. he's trying no, to find holes no. that weren't there and i think it's looking better now and and it, it's a sh- I, I think i was reading something that mike frank wrote recently <laughs> if you took last year's offensive line and gave it to this team, Kyron Williams would be a Heisman front runner because A, there really isn't one right now, and B, being able to run behind that line, he would have yeah. he would have stood out a lot more. I mean, you could make an argument. You could go back and look at that, some of that tape from those first three games. That was some of his best work <laughs> because yeah, right. he was <laughs> trying he to was, escape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was so disadvantaged. Um but anyways, he's just he's a he's a treasure. We're gonna miss him when he moves on because he's oh, one of those sure. football players you remember for a long time. Um, because he just does something that that blows your mind every week, um, and those guys don't come along too often. 
his level That's of confidence true. is just off the charts. I mean, you you can tell that he just thinks he can do anything. And you know, when you got guys like that, that it's fun to play with a guy like that too, because he just gets you going. Uh, he thinks anything's possible, and then he all of a sudden he does it. You know that that touchdown run was one hell of a highlight. Um, yep. I mean, absolutely, that was one hundred percent all Kyron Williams. And you know, if you're if, if whatever you show the pros, I think you start with that highlight, that one right there. That's the first thing you feel. His hands out of the backfield too are just ridiculous. I mean, I, I got to believe the NFL scouts are salivating over this kid just because of number one, his ability to accelerate after a guy misses. I mean, he can go from zero to 60, you know, like a sports car. I mean, he's just amazing the way he makes that cut guy misses and then boom, he's like accelerating like almost instantaneously. If I have one, uh, if I have one quibble and I know he was hurt, but like, I want to see these last couple of games. I want to see a little bit more creativity with Tyree because I think he's a a kind of, yeah, I I agree with you. I think he's under, he's underused at the moment, but I think it's because of the injury. Yeah. Well, I thought that's, that's why I thought maybe this would create a little opening for him, you know, with the, they'd put him in the slot a little bit, or they'd come up with some packages, you know, some, some plays where that he was, um, you know, got downfield a little bit to catch a pass. I don't know. Maybe he has terrible hands. I don't think he does, but, um, I I don't think. I, I just I don't think he's 100. percent You know, hopefully he is this coming week because he's had plenty of rest. But I, I really kind of believe he's not quite 100. percent Yeah. And that 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 turf toe can be a real pain in the ass if you don't let that heal. Um. So I'm gonna guess it's that. But hey, who knows? Um. Just real quick before we end, coffee. Have you had a chance to watch the basketball team? They're two and zero. I wasn't real thrilled with how they shot the ball against uh, High Point, but it, it, what are your hopes for the season, or is it kind of uh, like it, now? Is well, I, I would say I, I have, I've had a chance to watch here and there. Uh, even though, yeah, the shooting was bad, but what I liked was in a or what I thought anyway. Last year, a shooting game like that, the defense would have fallen apart, and that's a game they would have lost. I like the fact that the defense does seem to be more of a focus. That's why uh, they, they said it was going to be going into the year. It looks like they're trying at least to put their money where their mouth is, which is good. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Wesley factors in in the coming weeks. I think it, one minute he looks unbeatable, and the next minute he looks like the freshman that he is. So uh, there's a number of people on our site who think that he'll be starting by the end of the year. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far, but I think we're going to see quality minutes out of him. And I, and it, like with Buckner, I hope that Bray allows him to get in there and just, he's going to make mistakes. He's a freshman. So let's get those out of the way and uh, set him up for next year when he's going to have an absolutely fantastic group of freshmen joining him. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I just got, got back from watching JJ play. Um, and he had an okay game. They played a not a great team. They won like 92 to 53 or something. Um, he didn't shoot the ball all that great. But, I mean, he's he got a, he he plays on a team though with a lot of talent, and um, so everybody has kind of um, everybody's kind of even. I mean, they got a kid going to Penn State and a kid going to Kansas State and a kid going to um, the kid who had the best game tonight um, for JJ's team is going to Harvard. Um, so. Yeah. There's a lot of talent out there and he plays, he plays as a, he's a good teammate. You know, he doesn't sort of force things. He yeah. doesn't, uh, 
But man, he's who, who would you say he reminds you of if you had to pinpoint him as this a Notre Dame player in the recent past? Uh, that's Who's a good question. Like? I I think he kind of he sort of reminds me of um. I mean, there really haven't been <laughs> there really haven't been too many like him. I, I he's 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 a bigger, more um, he's a bigger, more confident Demetrius. Um, hmm. They have, but he's much bigger than him, though, right? Yeah, he's, he's six, six four. Yeah. Um, but they have similar games in terms of their ability to get to the basket. Um, he's 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 got a little bit of a flat shot. Um, Demetrius, I thought, improved quite a bit as a shooter over the course yeah, of his time yeah. at Notre Dame. But uh, but you know they have have that that quick. Does he have that explosive quick step? Yeah, Demetrius had to get by. So he does. Okay. Yeah, that's that's key. You got to have that. That's good because that's one thing this team's been missing the last couple. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they got it right now. That's what I'm. And he's a you know the one thing that he 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 probably is you know more advanced than Demetrius at this point is he's just longer. So he's he's definitely a better defender because he's just you know he just. And that's yeah. not a, a knock on DJ. It's just no, no, he's just right. he's right. longer, and, but he really moves his feet. He obviously takes pride in his defense. Um, he fills passing lanes real well. He gets you know three four steals a game. Um, you know he he gets some offensive re- you know so he's he's a he's a basketball player. He's not sort of a one dimensional scorer type at all. He'll 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 kind of help the help the team and fill up the stat sheet in a bunch of different ways. So you know I don't I haven't watched Wesley enough to know. Um, to get real comfortable with his game, but, um, you know, that could be a pretty potent combo. Um, yeah. So. Interesting. All right. Well, all right. Good deal. We'll have a interesting talk next week because things will shake out a little bit in the CFP in front of us. And Go for you. Yeah, yeah. It'll be that discussion all over again. Definitely one, <laughs> maybe, maybe two movements in front of us. So who knows? I mean, some interesting things. Um, but good deal. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Edger Danik and Mike Coffey, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.